0: well hey you guys welcome back to the connection point worldview podcast i'm here with dr zach breitenbach he's one of the worldview directors at connection point christian church here in central indiana and this is a podcast where we take the parents and guardians uh deeper into places that their students have already gone so thanks again zach for diving in on this this is always good conversation um High school ministry right now, this was week two of your series called How Great Is Our God? If people missed week one, you can go back and catch up on that one. Um, but this focuses, this whole series, on the attributes of God. So, Can you give us a high-level overview kind of of the attributes you covered this week and how it fits into this series?
1: Yeah, so this week, uh, Trey talked to us about how God is perfectly holy, Uh, or good and perfectly loving. And so the series as a whole, what we're trying to accomplish is to kind of unpack a number of God's qualities or attributes over the course of the four-week series. And the whole aim is to love God more, to be more drawn to him, to be more in awe of him, to think about how God having these qualities should relate to us, and how we should uh, relate to God differently, knowing that he has these qualities. So that's uh, where we went this week. God is perfectly holy, He's perfectly loving, and, and how does that draw us to God?
0: That's cool, it's not just an intellectual pursuit of all of this understanding, but that it could kind of stir our affections more. It's very
1: devotional, this series. A lot of times people think, well, worldview is like very intellectual. Sometimes it is,
0: but this is uh, much more of a devotional series. That's great. So you guys began by talking about how God is perfectly holy. Maybe define what holy means, and then summarize for us what the Bible says about God being perfectly holy and how God himself is the very standard of goodness.
1: Yeah, so holy uh, really means God is set apart. He's set apart from all of his creatures. Mm. Uh, he, is, he is far beyond us, uh, particularly when it comes to moral goodness and moral perfection. Um, and, and as you say, God is um, not just really good, Uh, He doesn't just live up to a standard of goodness. He is the standard. He is the ultimate uh, standard of moral perfection uh, far above all uh, creatures. So that was the first point that Trey unpacked the other night is that God himself is the standard. Just like if you were to take two pieces of string and ask, you know, which of these is closer to a yard, what you would need is, is a yardstick. You need mm, some kind mm. of standard uh, to compare them and know which one measures up uh, most, most closely. So... What does it mean to be good? Well, Jesus says, when when he was called good teacher, he says, no one is good except God alone. Of course, Mm -hmm. he wasn't denying that he's God. He Mm -hmm. said, do you realize what you're saying Mm -hmm. when you call me good teacher? No one is good but God alone. He is the standard. And, And the Bible says that God is light. In him there is no darkness. And it's clear from the context this is talking about light is good, darkness is evil. God is perfectly good. Um, there is no evil in him. It, it is counter to his nature. He's the very standard of goodness. He's He's perfectly uh, good. Trey, Trey made a funny point in the in the talk uh, of the, the the show on Netflix about, cakes called Nailed It, where uh, someone like me who's horrible at designing cakes, I would be horrible. I would be one of the ones who had the pictures you know, that everyone talks about, how bad it was. But he showed, you know, here's what the cake was supposed to look like, and here's how this person made it. And it's, it's pretty crazy how bad they are. Uh, but that's kind of how we are compared to God. He mm. is the standard of goodness, uh, and we just
0: don't come close to measuring up mm. at all. Well, next, uh, you guys emphasize the biblical teaching that God's holiness actually reveals our own sinfulness. And you pointed out how God's holiness actually puts us in a bind by separating us from God. Could you unpack that for us a bit? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing how good and holy
1: God is, but that really does reveal to us how far we, we fall short. And, and an amazing place to go to see this is Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. uh, the first five verses in particular. So Isaiah has this incredible vision of, of God, um, and, and there are these seraphs uh, flying around God, and, and seraph means burning one. And, and these are fiery angels. They have six wings, and with two uh, wings, they're flying. With two, they're covering their faces, and with two, they're covering their feet, and they're crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the foundations are shaking, and the house is filled with smoke. It's it's a pretty terrifying scene, And, uh, and, and these angels weren't stuttering, right? The reason they say, Holy, 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 is because in Hebrew, Uh, where they don't have the exclamation point, this is a way of saying uh, superlative quality, Mm. right? As holy as it gets. And so uh, Isaiah sees this, these fiery angels crying out that God's holy, 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 and the smoke and the shaking. And, And he says, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen... The King, the Lord of Hosts. So, just being in God's presence and seeing this this incredible vision, this terrifying vision of God's holiness, makes Isaiah realize how sinful he is. I'm a man of unclean lips. The people that I live with were so far from God's holiness. and uh, so we unpacked that, and Trey talked a lot about this, this quote from C.S. Lewis that no one really knows how bad he is till he's tried hard to be good nice. because if you just always give in, to, to evil. You don't even really understand evil. It's only mm-hmm. when you've tried to resist it that you feel the weight of it. And um and That's so, so true. it's so crazy to think of Jesus making it through life, the only man who's never given in to temptation. It also means he's the only man who fully knows what temptation means to to the maximum. And he's always was able to resist it. Just incredible how God is perfectly holy and it's hard for us even to imagine uh, always resisting sin and, and being perfectly good. So God's holiness is so, it, it separates us from God. It, it, we can't attain to that. And, and so the Bible teaches, and we looked at a number of passages that, that show how there is this separation, this huge gulf between us and God because uh, he is perfect and we are not. And, and this, this is a big problem for us. It separates us hmm. from God.
0: Well, it relates a little bit, but I know a key part of this series is application. So what are some ways that we can apply this biblical teaching on God's holiness to our own lives?
1: Yeah, we we really want this series to be heavy on application, not just seeing what the Bible says about God, but what does this mean to us? And so here are a few applications that, that Trey made uh, in his talk the other night. First, Uh, It means you should aim to live a holy life, right? We'll never live up to God's holiness. But the Bible calls us to be holy because God is holy. And we we need to strive for that. We need to take our sin very seriously because God takes it seriously. He is a God uh, of moral perfection who hates sin. And he doesn't hate us. He loves us, the sinner, but he hates the sin. And we need to hate sin too. And so we should aim to live... Uh, a holy life and understand God's wrath against sin. And, and so Trey unpacked some passages about that. A second application is that through Jesus, God's holiness is crucial to your salvation and being made right with God. So on, on the one hand, it puts us in a bind that God is holy and this separates us from God and it breaks our relationship with God. And this is a huge problem for us. But It's also the source of our salvation because if Jesus wasn't perfectly holy, he couldn't have come and saved us as he did and lived the perfect life that he did to be a perfect sacrifice for us. So we need to think about how not only is God's holiness the source of of a big problem, but it's also the source of the solution as well. It's crucial to the solution. And then a third point he made is that we can trust that God's plans are good. Um, we can trust that God's plans are good. When a trial happens uh, through no fault of our own, uh, we usually can't know why God allowed it, but we know that God is not uh, out to get us. Um, so we, we can trust in him and know that he, he's, he's not this God that just wants to crush us. Uh, he, he does hate our sin, but um, and, and our sin hold, uh, separates us from God, but he is good. Mm. He is someone we can trust as being holy uh, and good, uh, and we need to know that too.
0: That's it's such relevant application. Um, so there is his perfect holiness. Let's move now to the second attribute you guys discussed, um, God's perfect love. So what are some biblical teachings that you covered on this attribute of God?
1: Yeah, so the first part of uh, God's perfect love is we, we talked about how God's very nature is loving. He doesn't just happen to be loving or choose to be loving, but this is part of his essential character. This is just who he is. God is uh, love. And so we taught, We looked in uh, 1 John uh, Trey talked especially about 1 John 4 where it says God is love and whoever uh, abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And so um, it doesn't say that, that love is God um, and, and to make sort of a God out of love, but it does say that God is love. God's essence, his, his mm-hmm. very nature is to be loving. And we have to appreciate that. Um, and we also talked about how God's love is, is unconditional. Hmm. It's, it's unearned. And, and so Trey talked about some passages that reveal that, like in Titus uh, chapter 3. Um, it talks about how we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray. We followed our sins. Um, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he, he saved us, not because of our own righteousness, but because of his own mercy. So um, we, we didn't earn it. We weren't good. We, we often love people because they, they earn it in our eyes. But God's love is unconditional. Uh, we don't earn it. We can't earn it. And, and over and over again, there's a number of passages that talk about that, that Trey went through with them. And then we he talked about how God's love is unchanging. Uh, we don't have to worry about again because God's nature is loving. That his his nature doesn't change, and his love doesn't change, and we can always uh, rely on it. As Jeremiah 31:3 says, it, it says, "I have loved you with an everlasting love." Um, God's love is steadfast. It doesn't it doesn't go away.
0: Hmm. Well, then uh, Trey made the cool point that these two attributes, holiness and love, actually come together at the cross. And they're central to the gospel message itself. So tell us about that. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, these, these two attributes in particular
1: um, sort of kiss at the cross or come together because it's God's wrath against sin, which is why it has to be punished. There has to be punishment for sin. He cannot just ignore it. That is contrary to who he is. There has to be a punishment for it. And Jesus, in order to take our punishment, had to be punished severely. But why did Jesus go to the cross? Why was he willing to do that? He didn't have to. He could have just said, well, uh, I'm a God of holiness and uh, sin must be punished, and so I'm going to punish you. And, and he would have been perfectly just to do that. Uh, but he says, no, I love you, and because I do, I am going to be willing to take the punishment that you deserve if you'll just place faith in me and, mm-hmm. and, and let me take, take your punishment mm-hmm. for you. Um, so so it's the, the wrath of God against sin, uh, the holiness of God, as well as his perfect love that come together and, and show
0: why Jesus uh, chose to go to the cross for us. Hmm. So um, what warning did you guys offer about focusing only on one of these two attributes to the exclusion of the other?
1: Yeah, that's that's a real risk and, and I think I have made that mistake, yes. both mistakes in my yeah. life. I think most yeah. all of us have. We, some of us struggle more than others with one or the other. Um, but, but it's easy to, to on, on the one hand, think, okay, God is holy. He's a God of wrath against sin. There's so many places in the Bible that talk about God's serious judgment of sin, which is true. And, and so we, we can fall into this place where it's like, well, God's just this this wrathful God. He's just this angry God. Mm-hmm. He just wants to crush me. I'll, he'll never love me. Mm-hmm. He'll never I'll never live up to what he wants. Why should I even try? Uh, I'm just a screw up. Uh, but on the other side, it's like, oh, God's just loving and you ignore the wrath of God, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, well, he's like this Santa Claus, in the sky. And, and God could never punish me. He just loves me too much. And it doesn't really matter how I live. And so I've lived in the first place where you, I just feel like a screw up and I just feel so guilty for my sin. and And I'm like, I don't know if God could even love me because I'm just so Bad, And then at other times I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter that much that I'm caught up in this sin or whatever. God loves me anyway. It's not that serious of a thing. So we, we, can, we can sort of waffle between these at times, but we have to take both seriously. God is a God of wrath and judgment. He takes sin seriously. He punishes sin seriously, but he also loves you. Uh, and again, we remember the cross and how these two things come together. And we we won't have an accurate or balanced view of God if we
0: don't uh, take both of these uh, very seriously. That that really resonates. I it, I know, perfectly holy and perfectly loving are are by definition slightly different than than grace and truth. But Jesus coming full of grace and truth is a similar dichotomy that we've got to have a balanced view of because it's the yeah. same sort of issue. Yeah. There's
1: a truth about us and we're sinners. We're rebels. We need to be punished. Uh, The sin needs to be punished. Uh, But God does want to offer us grace.
0: He loves us. And that's
1: why he wants to offer this to us.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Trey, again, wrapped up this uh, with personal application. So showing how God's love matters to us in terms of how we relate to God and why we should love God. So take us home by summarizing Uh, That application for. us. Yeah.
1: So he made some good applications. uh, And one of them is we should be overjoyed knowing the reality and the certainty of God's great love for us. Um, We should just jump out of bed every day uh, excited about (laughs) that. The God of the universe loves me more than I can imagine. Right. We we drop we at least I roll out of bed kind of mopey and yeah. you know most days and yeah. I'm not thinking about that very much right, but yeah. if I really fully appreciated it I should just be leaping out of bed with joy every day to know that this this amazing God who who created a universe loves me you know we we might get excited when our our crush kind of we find out our crush likes us or something like that and we feel giddy and Trey was talking about this but. How much more should we be excited and overjoyed to know that, that God uh, loves us? Uh, a second point he, he brought out was that uh, God's love is the basis for self-love. Um, hmm. So many people deal with feelings of like self-loathing and inferiority. Um, and self-hatred just really amounts to a denial of God's love for you. Now, we shouldn't love ourselves inappropriately or, uh, or be vain or prideful, but we, we should realize that the God of the universe loves me and values me, and that's what gives me real objective value. And I should love myself and have a healthy respect for who I am that as a person made in God's image. Um, I'm not just an animal who has randomly evolved. I'm a person made in the image of God, loved by God, and that is a foundation or a basis for me to view myself in that same way. And then a uh, third application that uh, Trey made is God's love is the basis for loving other people unconditionally and sacrificing for them. So uh, God loves you in this unconditional and sacrificial way. And when you appreciate that, and when you realize what it is that God has done for you, how much He really loves you, a natural outpouring of that is is for you to uh, love others. And really, that's that's the greatest command that Jesus gave us: is to love God, and uh, and to love others. Um, and that's really our duty: uh, to love others as God has loved you in a. In a in a uh, sacrificial and unconditional way. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to be good enough for you to love them. You should just love them as God loves you, as as filthy as you are, as filthy as I am. Um, and so that, that I think was a great point to wrap
0: up on. Well, more super powerful Uh, resources and tools, just helping us get to know our our God even better and uh, all the implications that come from that. So thankful for you guys. And thanks for listening in. If you want more information about Connection Point Christian Church, you can go to cp.church and uh, get a good starting place there about all that's going on. Uh, God bless you. We'll be back with more helpful resources before you know it. God bless.